Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. Today is Thursday. We are live in Hollywood at Pac-12 Media Day. Lovely Hollywood and Highland. We got to see the Hollywood sign. Lots of stuff. No stars walking around here yet. No, but no. We're talking about it. So I have a special guest today, and uh, we're going to do some, we'll do some other guests and stuff too, put this all together. But it's a Bare Bones Podcast. Uh, we are doing from Hollywood and Highland. We're in the, uh, on the fifth floor whatever ballroom this is or whatever we got and we got to hear from coaches and players and things like that so we have keely your follower on twitter at keely is my name keely welcome to the show hello thank you yes and uh, so we're going to talk about what was going on here at pac 12 media day if you have any questions for us you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com or you can give us a leave us a voicemail call 641-715-3900 from that phone thing that you actually use for instagram and stuff you can actually call with that so wow. 641-715-3900 extension 816-646 uh, or you can go to our website peristylepodcast.com from your computer your mobile device whatever you want to do and click on the left side of the page leave a voicemail right from your device you want to do uh, download the podcast on itunes you can subscribe itunes.com slash podcast we're also on google play we're on stitcher a lot of different ways to consume the podcast Keely. everywhere how do you consume the podcast itunes iTunes? Okay, that's good. You got the iPhone thing. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so Keely, I uh, got to talk to Clay Helton. Everyone. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Zach Banner, the offensive lineman. Yep. Dory Jackson, who we haven't seen since the Holiday Bowl. Seven months, he said. Seven months. It's been a while since we've seen him. So Keely's got one-on-one interviews with all three of those guys, so yep. that'll be good. We'll have those up uh, on uscfootball.com soon. Uh, but Clay Helton addressed the media starting the, you know, the session. They started at 1030 for USC. Um, up at the podium, uh, what, what do you think interesting of, that he had to say? I think it had a lot of substance. Like sometimes these guys can come up and not really say much, but he, he had a lot to say. Uh, he said that two weeks before the Alabama game, he's going to name a quarterback. Um, he said that he feels like this team has a chip on his sho- on their shoulder. He's been around them for six years, but he sees something different in them, which I think is interesting. He also said that if the spring game, if they had to start a game the week after the spring game, he would have had had Max Brown start, which I think is interesting. Yeah, like the why isn't he just name the <laughs> why wouldn't you just name him at that point? But Helton has his ways, I guess. He definitely does. Uh, but yeah, that that was interesting. That sometimes you come up and like Mike Leach is the greatest of all time. <laughs> so just comes up and says, you know, all right, okay, any questions? Any questions? Uh, so the fact that Clay Helton would say some you know interesting kind of stuff in his uh, introductory monologue, I thought was uh, interesting, better than. Larry Scott's monologue, who 17 minutes in, or 17 minutes of the monologue, 15 of them were not about football. So that it was, really wasn't the kickoff we wanted for Pac-12 Media Day. Not football. Football, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. It was a little interesting. Uh, I had some sarcastic tweets about that. You can check those out. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Inside Troy. A lot of tweets today. We put, the, we put a thread in the peristyle with a lot of our tweets uh, of what was going on here. A lot of pictures, kind of behind-the-scenes stuff uh, that you can see um, for here from Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, how about uh, Zach Banner back there? He's always a great quote, quote always interesting things to say. Uh, what, what did he say? He's always great. I mean, if he wants to go into TV, he, he has a career for him. But he um, he's uh, five line coaches he's had, but he said that, you know, he wouldn't trade it, you know, because he didn't come to SC for the coaches. He came because of the tradition and, yeah. and the pipeline of alignment to the NFL. So he said, if anything, that was the best for him. Um, and how he's grown as a leader. He said that before it, beforehand it was just the O-line and now it's the whole team. And I think because there's no quarterback, it gives leeway to Zach to be the whole offensive leader. Yeah, uh, what interesting uh, quote that Bruce got from him, our buddy Bruce Feldman, who we we're supposed to have on the podcast a little bit later. So that should be a different segment here on the podcast. We're recording this all like 
it's from live my phone. And raw. It's live and raw, so hopefully we'll have him on, talk about what's going on here too. But uh, so he was asked, Zach Banner was asked, um, what's how do you prepare for the NFL or something along those like what do you what have you done to prepare for the NFL? He's like come to USC. Um, yeah. So basically, that was, uh, I mean, just off the top of his head, he's quick. Oh, uh, he is. Yeah. He's been trained well. <laughs> uh, we saw him during the Pac-12 uh, network live broadcast, and he was, like, almost taking over the set and talking about, you should go to commercial now. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. He was, like, running the show. It was pretty For interesting. Sure. He said his seat might break, so they better go to commercial. <laughs> he's cracking jokes. He's great. Yeah, they were on uh, these director's chairs that Mike Lamb, little, I mean, he's, like yeah, 150 yeah. pounds he was like i don't feel comfortable on these chairs and zach banner weighs like two and a half times what he does so i don't know how that worked out but um speaking of what you weigh dory jackson was up there a lot of his when we were back there listening to him a lot of his talk was about food he likes to watch the food network uh but he, he had cooks this for himself. he cooks his perks of track being over he he ate mcdonald's last night yeah so <laughs> now the track is over so i guess that's why the food talk but he has a lot of family members that are chefs so it was oh. a big deal for him yeah yeah, it's kind of interesting. But his whole, um, you know, coming off track, what did he say about the, the Olympic trials and all of that? Well, he's been going nonstop. He was telling me that he went to Olympic trials, he came back, had class on Wednesday, then went to the opening, came back, had class again, and then now he's here at Pac-12 Media Day. But he was saying in his mind, it's you only get these chances once in a lifetime. You right. know? So he's like, yeah, I'm tired, but whatever, I'm young, I can do this. And the opportunities that he has is like once in a lifetime, so why yeah. not? It's, it's, it's really interesting for him, and uh, he's excited about, I mean, everyone's excited about the Alabama game. He's yeah. got a lot of his family from Illinois that's going to come down from it. Interesting, he grew up a, a St. Louis Rams fan, and he's not, he's like probably the only SC guy on the team that's not happy that they're the LA Rams now. Yeah, someone asked him, like, oh, are you excited to share the, the Coliseum with them? He's like, no, I'm disappointed. <laughs> and then everyone was like, what? And he's like, I'm from Illinois. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. St. Louis Rams fan. Um, so I think overall, so we got to see six teams today at Pac-12 Media Day. Tomorrow there'll be six more teams and stuff. Um, you know, pretty good access to the to USC players and everything. What, any overall thoughts of how it, how it all went? You think it went well? Yeah, I think it did. Um, both Zach and Adore are great with media. They, they say good things. Um, yeah. It was pretty good. You know, we both were critical of the choice to bring yes. Adore Jackson to Pac-12 mm -hmm. Media Day because he hasn't been around for seven months but to be fair once you see him here in this environment it, and the olympic trial stuff and because the pac-12 the 15 minutes or the 17 minutes they talk about olympic sports and not football maybe that's part of the reason why they would bring him. i can see both sides of it you know adori has the big star name he's yeah. olympic trial trials but also in the same time a lot has changed since the holiday bowl yeah. was the last time he, he practiced or yeah. played so in that sense like i asked him like How's your relationship with Ronnie Bradford? Like, have you talked to him? And he didn't really have much to say about that. Right. So that's the downside of being yeah. gone and not having that. But so that's why I was critical. It was like, how much can he really say about football? But, right. From, but he still is great with media, so it, it worked out. But. Yeah. From pure pure football standpoint, he probably he wasn't the ideal choice. Like yeah. a Juju or someone, you know, might have been more interesting. I think Chris Hawkins would have been good. He's a great talker. There's a, yeah. There's a lot of really good uh, talkers on this team, you know. Yeah. But I mean, Zach and Adoree certainly are two of the best, if not the best. Um, yeah. For Adoree Jackson's uh, position, uh, sounds like mostly going to be on the defensive side, according to Clay Hill. Yeah, and, and Dory said that too. He went to Clay Hill and he wants to be mainly used on the defense. He's a defensive player. That's where he wants to, yeah. to spend most of his time. Yeah, um, but the return game, is, you know, special exactly. teams, he's still going to be taking part. But mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of the fans on the Peristyle 
are really, you know, they'll be happy about that. Some won't be, but there's a lot of people that like, he should just focus on defense. He should just focus on defense. And because he sort of took a step back defensively last year, that part of the reason why, like, hey, you know, and he says he does get tired sometimes, but it's not, you know, maybe talk about what he was talking about. Yeah, he, someone asked him, like, well, do you ever get tired? And he just started laughing. And he's like, I do, but... The thing about Adore is that he is a competitor first. He's not going to be like, oh, I'm tired, take me out. You yeah. know, like, Adore going to play if he can, every way he can. But yeah. the problem with that is that it's not always the best output from him. And so I think him making the choice to just do defense and special teams is a good choice. Yeah. All right. Well, we are Hollywood and Highland. Uh, th- thanks for our guest, Keely Yor, for, uh, thanks for having me. coming in. We're going to have, so I'm going to try to, hope this works, uh, we're going to try to put together a couple more guests and see what they have to say. Uh, we're going to go for our buddy Bruce Feldman and see what goes on there. But, Keely, thanks again for coming on. You're one-upping me, one me with Bruce, I see. You're, Bruce, hey, you're, you're headlining ahead of Bruce. Oh, thank you. Isn't that, that's pretty good, I yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right, that's Keely Your. I'm Ryan Abraham. Back in one second with somebody else. We'll see who it is. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Bruce Feldman from Fox Sports. What's your Twitter? At Bruce Feldman CFB. That is correct. Thank you. I look pretty good. At Bruce Feldman CFB. He's got dozens of followers. What? Dozens, you have, dozens. You have more than a quarter million now, right? Or? I do, but I'm guessing most of them are bots. <laughs> most of them are bots. <laughs> Purchased uh, followers. Okay, Bruce does a great job. He's been a real friend to the Peristyle podcast. And we uh, wanted to talk about the USC situation. You were just down at Pac-12 Media, I mean, uh, SEC Media Days, too. Uh, so I want to talk about Alabama since that's USC's first opponent. But this is the, we got to address this. This is the five-year anniversary of the Free Bruce campaign and uh, I know you addressed it on the on the audible on your podcast too but does it feel weird being here after five years it it feels like a lot longer than five years to me now it's almost exactly five years I guess to the day or it's close to it because it's this week yeah but uh you know we were talking about it you and I was like the night before everything blew up I remember we went to some restaurant that's no longer in business yes and tried to tried to like I was trying to calm you down. Calm me down. That didn't. It was like weird. That day, I think I went for like a ten mile run to try to burn up the energy. That didn't work. Then I tried to drink it out of my system. That didn't work. And then the next day, things got even more crazy. So, uh, yeah, and we're still here. I do remember coming to Pac-12 Media Days after things had blown up. I rode with you. There were rumors that I was going to be there. And then, fortunately, my future colleague Brian Fisher was able to confirm it on Twitter that I showed I was indeed there. So. Yes, I tweeted out. We, yeah, we arrived together, and this, that was your first like public appearance after. It was. You had to go radio silent on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I actually had. I think I had been. I don't know. If, I think I had been to a Miami football practice because I went and interviewed at CBS's down in Fort Lauderdale. And I went out to Miami. It was very bizarre because all these people, like players, were asking. I knew Ja'Cory Harris was a quarterback then, and I was supposed to interview him, and he ended up interviewing me. So it's just really <laughs> strange when when you're in the media and you become the story. Yeah. So, uh, but it all worked out. The hashtag free Bruce thing was kind of a funny, funny deal. So, uh, okay, so what did to talk about today, um, Pac-12 Media Day with USC. You got to talk with Clay Helton. I mean, we'll start with Clay Helton. Anything interesting uh, from him today? You know, I think he's. I think he's not the guy who's going to be the one who's going to make headlines here or do anything. I think and that's what USC probably wanted. They wanted stability. They wanted somebody solid. I think they got that. We'll see how it's going to it's going to work out. You know, on the field. But I think considering what they went through the last five years, at least that's something they were comfortable with, and 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 there's something to be said for that. Uh, as it is here. You know, I think USC, as you know, a lot of their best players are younger players. 
Um, questions are, you know, who's your, you know, what's the quarterback going to like, and how do you survive the hardest schedule in college football? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for a rookie, though, I mean, he talked about that. Hey, I'm a rookie head coach. This is his first Pac-12 media day. Kind of handled it, I think, you, you as you would expect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was he was solid. I don't think, you know, I don't think he's overwhelmed by it. If you conversely, I just came back from SEC media days. Barry Odom, who's the new head coach at Missouri, so first time head coach. You know, he is, like, swarmed by it because they lose their athletic director right before he goes there. And it's like, you go to a media setting where there's, you know, 800, 1,000 people, it's a much different environment, you know, and a confined room. This is wide open. It's pretty laid back. You know, I just think it's a very different dynamic, and I think Clay, Hay- Clay Helton's able to handle it. Plus, you know, he'd been, he'd been the interim a couple of times. He dealt with a lot of drama before. So I don't think he was going to be phased by it. Yeah, six years in the program, he's seen a lot over the. I mean, with it's like dog his... years when you're an assistant, <laughs> when you're on the USC staff. It's like you see more nutty stuff in three years than you do in probably ten if he was at like Oregon State or, or Washington. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously after taking over for Sark as the interim basis, and then you know two games as the permanent head coach. But really, this is the first. I mean, the off-season where you're making all these decisions, all this stuff, and, and having to do events like this, like, this is really his first kind of go-around. So I still look at it, this as kind of his rookie year because mm-hmm. there's so many things he's doing for the first time. That's fair. I, I agree with you. And, look, when he plays Alabama that first time on the road, it's his team. He's not the interim. He's got the job. Now, I know he had the job at the end of the year, basically, but it, it's, a, it's a different deal. I don't, I don't know where the expectations are going to be from, from the fans and from people. I mean... With that schedule, I think if he goes eight and four, he'll have done a pretty good job. Considering new quarterback, defensive line is entirely new, yeah. uh, just not a lot of experience, and you're still young at linebacker. I mean, I, I did think he made a really good move bringing Clancy Pendergast back. I think that's a real upgrade. I liked some of the staff moves they made, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, again, there, there's not a lot of margin for error when you open up against Alabama. I saw you got to talk with uh, Dory Jackson quite a bit. Yeah, quite uh, a bit. He's always interesting. Uh, what, what did he have to say? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, in, the, in the media session, I went in over by uh, Zach Banner, who I think could go could make an Olympic team if it was for for, for, for us conferences. Because <laughs> he's very good and very talkative. But Dory Jackson, you know, I give it this. I mean, USC almost always has has brings two guys who are very engaging and and kind of you come away saying, all right, this is a guy you can write about. This is a guy, you know, you feel, you know, pretty confident they can handle themselves. He's got a good story. He he was very playful and, you know, yeah, he wants to be a three-sport athlete trying to talk his way on the basketball team even for three minutes a game as some kind of defensive stopper. You know, he, he thinks he could be the Matthew Dellavedova of, the, of, of USC, which it's rare when somebody compares himself to a lesser athlete. Right. You know, so, but, um, but yeah, he's, he's a great talent. And I'll say this, you know, I, I covered him a little bit. I was I, When I worked on my book, I was at the opening, and he was on one of the seven-on-seven teams I was around. And, I mean, you're around him way more than I am. You know, I was out of practice here and there, but I looked at him as he's definitely not, doesn't look like the high school kid anymore. Yeah. You know, he's not a fifth-year senior, but he's matured, and I think, you know, you see that. And so... So we'll see what kind of guy, what kind of shutdown guy he is. I asked him, "Are you going to be the guy saying, hey, I want Calvin Ridley all over the field in the opener?'" He said he will. We'll see what happens.' Yeah. Uh, and then Zach Banner, like you said, uh, you get a Golden Mike Award. I saw him on the live uh, Pac-12 Network broadcast, and he seemed like he was taking over the show. I mean, he really, he's 
He can definitely be a television personality when, when he's all done with football. But yeah, anything he, interesting from him? Well, he interned with us at Fox. Uh, and I remember working on a show and you have this massive human being in the room. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, he introduced you. Yeah, I know who you are. There's very few people walking around Los Angeles who are that big. Uh, but he's not quite as big, apparently, as he said he was because he told me he's... Down to three hundred, down to three hundred forty-two pounds. He said that was forty-five pounds lighter than what he played last year. Um, I think I could probably plug a story that's going to be up on your site. I would assume. I had asked him one question. I said, "What clicked for you last year?" Because you know, I talked to another coach in the league who said he got really a lot better. He wasn't. He thought he was a very shaky offensive yeah, tackle, and he said he was really playing well last year. And he said, "Well, I had hip surgery, and then talked about." this condition he had that basically limited his flexibility so much so I know uh, your your uh, colleague Dan Weber was there and I assume he's going to write a lot about it yeah. um, and I think it's an interesting story and I think Zach wants to get the word out that there's a reason why I got a lot better A. I lost a lot of weight and B. Just as importantly, you know, I wor- my hip is now better where I have a lot more flexibility. Uh, and it, maybe some of that weight loss has shaved his head, so that could, that could He's be much more aerodynamic. <laughs> that could be a couple of pounds. He told uh, our guy Shotgun, Shotgun asked him uh, if he would be an Olympic sport besides basketball, what it would be. He said synchronized diving. Oof, that would he be had- a huge splash. That would- <laughs> synchronized? What, what, would, what, would they drop, what would they drop a piano in the water? <laughs> Vianney, tell him that he would be his partner. So, like, two big offensive linemen. I just, you know, thinking back, I forgot about Damian Mama. I remember when he was at the opening. Oh, yes. He weighed, like, whatever he weighed, like 400 pounds. <laughs> he was pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the USC stuff. Uh, I read your story uh, from Fox Sports about Brett Mielema. He had some really interesting things to say. A little nugget at the end uh, I thought was interesting. Yeah, so he gets asked, talk about, you know, somebody asked him, talk about the depth behind Austin Allen. That's the new starting quarterback. And he mentioned two quarterbacks who are, you know, a sophomore and a retro freshman. Then he mentions Cole Kelly, who's this massive 6'7", 270-pound freshman. And those three, and he talks about them, and I'm like, wait a minute, somebody's missing. And I like check the roster. Is Ricky Town still there? Ricky Town, former USC five-star recruit, who at one point, you know, one recruiting site said was the number one recruit in the entire country, uh, wasn't even mentioned in the in the picture there. Now I'm not saying I'm shocked that Austin Allen won the job because I wasn't, you know, who knew how that was going to play out. But just the fact that he's not even one of the first four quarterbacks on the radar there, you know, does that surprise you? You, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he came in and Sam Darnold just kind of it pretty much was so much better. But this like, was a four- or five-star recruit by all yeah, the recruiting sites. It was, yeah, and it just kind of – and I saw him at the opening, and he played – didn't play all that well in the early rounds, but he was on Willie McGinnis' team. Once they got to the playoffs – I think they were in last place. Once they got to the playoffs, he played the entire time, and they, he got them all the way to the final, so he played really well. I think he beat uh, Josh Rosen's team and – um, he had a really good run. So, well, maybe Willie McGinnis needs to be a high school. Uh, needs to be an SEC offensive coordinator. <laughs> but we were at one of the summer workouts, and I think he had eight throws and five interceptions, like on one in one day. And it was pretty. You know, you, you put up the highlights. It's like hard to avoid it. Like, dude, you don't you don't want to take the defensive players away. But it, he had some struggles for sure. You well, know. it's you know when you say that, it's like I, I in the context of what you're saying, it's like you know it's a college kid. You don't want to embarrass him by saying that. I actually thought a lot about like, do I write this? You know, like the the Ricky Towns not mentioned because it's like. Like, I didn't want to put it in a tweet because it just felt like it was like a billboard of it. It's literally yeah. the, you know, this this 
this Bielema story I did wasn't really even a story. It was like the eight most interesting things Brett Bielema said that I heard at Media Day. And he said a lot of interesting stuff. But it was like the eighth thing because it definitely, I was going to tell you about it. Because, yeah. you know, anybody who follows recruiting or is, you know, in Southern California, like, Ricky Towns not even the radar yeah. there? You know, that's kind of like, huh. For a five-star to tra- former five-star to transfer, though, you'd think at least be in the mix. Yeah. yeah. If not, e- even, you know, whatever. And maybe Bielema forgot him. I don't know. But just he mentioned, you know, a, a redshirt freshman, which Ricky would be, and also a sophomore. Plus, he mentioned the incoming freshman. Yeah. So, it just was... Well, one last topic before we let you go, Bruce. The uh, you got to t- you know the whole Nick Saban thing down there at SEC Media Days with Dan Mullen, Ugh, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean he kind of put his foot in his mouth. And Nick Saban, n- none of the local media seemed to ask him any questions about the you know off field stuff going on. And Paul they, Feinbaum did, and there was a blow up there. Yeah, they actually what happened was in the big room. Like, if you don't ask, raise your hand to ask a question at the beginning, you may not get called on. I think everybody assumed somebody's going to ask about Cam Robinson. Midway through, we all kind of realized it. And there was, like, probably eight questions. None of them were about that. So a couple of us went into a smaller media room that was his next circuit, and he got asked about it in there, and then he got asked about it again in another room, like, multiple times. And I think... From that room, I think he was a little agitated. Gotcha. Then when he went over to Feinbaum, you know, it was ready. He was ready to, you know, combust a little bit. <laughs> and and you saw what you saw. And I don't think it was quite as bad, quite as heated as probably some other people made it to be. But you know, it definitely wasn't a, a you know, a chummy little exchange. What did, what were your thoughts on that? That doesn't look like those two players, uh, you know, including Cam Robinson, the starting left tackle. Um, are going to be suspended uh, for the USC. I don't think, I mean, it's hard to be surprised. Like, like last year, he had a starting defensive back who got a second DUI in the, in the spring. That player did not miss any games. To me, when, that, when, when you have that, I, and this, the charges are dropped in this case, I'm not surprised that he was not going to get miss any time. Now Nick Saban can talk about well, there were two other player, there were two other people in the car. They weren't charged, so you know it's like he can kind of defend it. But at the same time, you know he was disciplining them in some way. So it was a little, you know, odd how he said, well, you know, they're doing some version of community service and everything. So wait, you're disciplining for for that, yet you're saying sounding like they really didn't do anything wrong or what like and I think he was so agitated that you didn't really get a handle on what like the question I had was like what you know what was the discipline for them and then if you say what the discipline is okay well they must have done something wrong right. even if they weren't charged otherwise it wouldn't be discipline right even if, you know so you know again I'm not, I'm not surprised a lot of cynics will say well it's the SEC although Mark Richt and there were other guys who have suspended players. I mean, I had something the first day of SEC Media Days. It comes out that Auburn has four players who had gotten in trouble, and Gus Malzahn at Media Day in a smaller group said, yeah, they're not going to miss the opener. Well, the opener is against Clemson. So I asked him, you know, how much, if at all, does the caliber of the opponent of the first game uh, factor into your discipline? He completely sidestepped the question. You know they open against Clemson. They were in the defense, you know in the in the national title game last year. If they opened up against against uh, Idaho State, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were set up. Right. Just like Mississippi State, Dan Mullen. You right. know they take the five star guy who pummeled this woman on the ground. If that guy's a three star guy, he's probably playing in the Sun Belt. Right. Or if they don't open against what South Alabama is that the? Well, they open against South Alabama. They're suspending him for the South Alabama game. Right. 
but but if they open to get Clemson, what do you mean? You know, oh like, God, I don't. Yeah, that's a good question because then then they did then they would have absolutely no quote unquote discipline. Right, there would be none there. Yeah, um, yeah I mean it's interesting to see. I think my take would be if this happened at in a Pac-12 school. Uh, I don't think Cam Robinson would be playing in the, at least the first game. He'd probably be suspended a couple of games. It's just my, I can't th- Is there a Pac-12 school you can think of that the same thing would apply? I don't know. It's hard, you know, it's that's hard to say. I mean, you'd like to say, you know, this, you know, your school would do things the right way, but there's examples of schools that aren't in the SEC doing some really knucklehead stuff. I mean, obviously Baylor had, you know, <laughs> it's it to the nth degree. Um, and there there are a bunch of schools that have had, you know, Florida State's had, you know, it's like Anytime you put this school up in the spotlight, said my school wouldn't do it that way. You know, there's plenty of examples of schools that quote unquote you think do the do the right thing, and then they don't, yeah. or you know whatever. And it's just you know you'd like to think some schools would hold people to be a, to more accountable. But at the end of the day, coaches aren't fired for graduating players or not graduating players. They're fired if they don't win enough. Yeah. Great player, you're gonna keep them. All right, that's Bruce Feldman. Follow him on Twitter at Bruce Feldman CFB from Fox Sports. Thanks for coming on, Bruce. Thank you, Ryan. It's good to be on you. All right, and uh, thanks. On me. On me. On me. Good to be on with you. Thank you. Just to clarify that. I'm going to take the clip from earlier that, and we'll play that over time. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for tuning into the Peristyle Podcast. We did a little bare-bones one here at Pac-12 Media Day up in Hollywood. You can check out the Hollywood sign. Some cool stuff here. So it was nice for Keeley and Bruce to stop by. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you next time.